Hi, welcome to the Mama Advocate Podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guests who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Guys, I'm so excited to have Nicole with you here today. She is an expert at all things IEPs. And so she's going to today just give us a little overview of, we're going to pretend like you've never been in an IEP before, or if this is your first IEP, we're just going to kind of go through the basics of what it is. I feel like I'm continually learning about it. And I've said in so many arts that it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to learn from you, Nicole. And Thank you for having me. Will you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Nicole Schlechter. I'm the IEP mom. Um, I am a mom of four. My oldest son is 12. Um, He's autistic. He also has ADHD and um, anxiety. And I'm a former educator. Um, So years ago when he was really little, um, I just kind of knew that he was experiencing the world kind of differently than other kids his age. Um, and so we went to school and we got him an IEP. So he's had an IEP since he was three and I would sit in meetings and, um, feel like I really understood the language that we were speaking for the most part. I knew the law. I had read my procedural safeguards. Um, but I still didn't feel confident in speaking up at the meeting as much as I probably should have. So we had a few bumps in the road, but um, third grade, things really changed for him. Um, he, his behavior was really off the charts. Um, and just suddenly I felt like there was no more team. It was me against the school. And it was a really, really traumatic experience for me and for my son. And when I, all of that kind of dust settled and we got through that crisis situation, I was like, I don't know what that job is, but like, that's what I need to do for parents. Because if I felt overwhelmed, I can't even imagine how that feels as a parent who doesn't have a special education background. So I did my training and fast forward years later, here I am supporting families that look like mine through special education um, to hopefully create less stress for you guys. So. I mean, that's just amazing because it is, it can be so stressful, especially if you have no idea what's going on. It's hard to ask for things that you don't know you can ask for. And I mean, yes, it's so stressful. I thought today we could just kind of go through like the different pieces, like even starting out with the basics of what does IEP stand for? Yeah. So an IEP is an individualized education plan. And those, uh, an IEP is going to be for students who have some sort of skill deficit. So they need some sort of direct instruction, specialized instruction at school in order to get them up to kind of the same level that their peers are at. So an IEP isn't going to make things easier for a child, but it is going to give them those accommodations, those modifications. It's going to give them related services like speech or social work or occupational therapy or any other kind of therapy that you might need at school in order to access their education. Okay. What are some different sections of an IEP? 
So the really important for, thing for parents to know going into an IEP um, when you're looking at the different sections is that you're always going to start out with present levels of performance, and that is called different things at different schools, but it's all present levels of performance. And what present levels is, is the opportunity for us to see kind of where our kids are at. So a lot of the times when I look at present levels, um, they read really negatively and it can be really hard as a parent to go into a meeting and hear about all the things that your child can't do the same as their peers. So present levels need to be focused not only on the things that our kids can't do, but on the things that we're working on accomplishing still. So those things that we're working towards. So that's all in like the language that we use. So instead of saying, um, you know, my the, the student cannot do X, Y, Z, we can say something like student is still working towards X, Y, Z. It sounds really different as a parent because it doesn't sound as bad as your kid can't do something. So present levels are gonna be really important. Some of the things that I see in there that um, are opportunities for improvement as a team um, is that there isn't a lot of hard data. So we're not talking about scores and things that we can measure. It's a lot of subjective information, teachers' opinions, observations. Those things are really important, but we also need to have some measurable data in there also so that we know where they're at. So then that from there, we can write um, annual goals because our annual goals are going to be another section in the IEP, and they're going to be based off of what present levels tell us. So if present levels tell us that they need to work on blending and decoding words, we're going to write an annual goal for that. Annual goals is another section. Um, that is something that needs to be able to be measured. Um, we have to have a time frame on it. There is the SMART acronym that I talk about inside. There's, there's like two different trainings inside IEP Parent Academy, which is an online course that I have. Um, and we talk specifically about what annual goals are, how to measure them, how to know if you have got a good goal or a bad goal, things like that. But Generally speaking, goals want to be smart. So smart goals are not just IEP things. This is things we talk about in business too. But goals want to, we need to have them written specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. And so if they don't have those aspects of them, we probably need to go back to the drawing board and make them a little bit more detailed than they were before. Um, annual goals um, related services is going to be another section that's important for you guys to pay attention to. Related services is going to be the time that we talk about what services your child is going to receive at school um, and how many minutes or how frequently they'll be receiving them. Um, some of the questions that you might want to ask is how often um, does what does that look like every week? So are you pushing into a classroom? Are you pulling out of a classroom? What happens if my student's absent? Um, what happens if the social worker is absent or the speech therapist is absent? How does that time get made up? Those kind of things are going to be important for you to really understand because that's a really easy section to kind of glaze over as a parent because you're like, okay, 255 minutes, um, you know, a quarter. What does that mean every week? So ask questions because you're not there. You're not writing the IEPs. You need to know what to be expected every week. Um, another section from there would be accommodations and modifications. This again is called different things, different places. I know Laura and I talked a little bit about this yesterday. This is where we're going to be talking about things that help kind of even the playing field for our children. So these aren't things that make, thing, make school easier for them, but this is like 
giving a short child a step stool to see over the, the, the table. You know what I mean? Like those are things that they have to have in order to complete the assignment. So those are things that can be um, uh, physical, like a uh, visual schedule or a wobble seat or things like that. Um, it can also be things like extended test taking time, um, a quiet space for reading, that sort of thing, or for taking assessments. All of those are going to be included in accommodations. Modifications is something that is going to modify how we deliver the curriculum to the student. So they might need some sort of change in um, how many math assignments they're doing. Maybe, maybe they're not capable of completing 20 assignments, so we're only going to give them half of the assignments, but they're still doing the same work as everyone else. So that sort of thing. Um, really important, I kind of skipped over it in the beginning, but um, there's a whole section in the IEP that is just for parent input. Um, it is called different things in different IEPs, so yours might say vision statement or it might say parent input. Um, sometimes it says parent concerns. This is a whole section that I will tell you as a teacher, I had no idea that this even existed until, yeah, it's a, it's a whole section in the IEP. Um, parent input is one of the things that I talk most about with parents. But if you have a concern or you have a goal or you know something about your child that maybe the rest of the team doesn't know, that's your opportunity to kind of be the expert. I tell parents that when you get a draft copy of the IEP, take it, review it, ask your questions, and then formulate your parent input statement and email it over to the team and let them know that you want it to become part of the IEP. The reason this is really important is because your IEP should pass a stranger test. Like you should be able to move cross country with your IEP and a new team be able to pick up the IEP, know how to implement the goals, know what related service minutes, um, how they need to be implemented. And most importantly, they should know what's important to you as a parent because you're the only one at the table who's an expert on your child. So it's a really, really important thing to add to the IEP. Well, I think what I, I missed so as far as questions. So that was amazing. Thank you. I love the thinking about cross country. Like everything in there should be. Written yeah, down. It, it should pass the stranger test. Like it should be non-subjective enough that a stranger, a new employee coming into the school, should be able to pick up the IEP and say, oh, "Okay, this is what I need to know about the student." here's what mom's concerns are, here's what her goals are for her child, because you know, what your goals are as a parent might be different from what the school's goals are, because they're working on state standards and curriculum, and maybe you're working on something completely different at home. Um, I had an argument on social media a couple weeks ago <laughs> with somebody who swore that shoe tying, there was no place in an IEP for a shoe tying IEP goal, even for a student who had a fine motor delay. And that is completely untrue. Mom, the student mom had been working on shoe tying for years at home. They were working on an outside therapy. And then he'd go to school all day and somebody would help him tie his shoes for him. He was stopping participating like in gym class or on the playground because he was afraid that his shoes would come untied and he'd have to ask somebody to tie them for him. And it was embarrassing. So it became um, like it, it began to impede his 
social interaction, his inclusive opportunities at school. So we wrote it into the IEP. So if you have something that you think is really important for your child to, to work on at school, we should be writing it down and documenting in the IEP because we want documentation of everything and what you think is important might be different from what the school thinks is important. So and getting it into the IEP makes it a contract, right? Absolutely. Like once we've written it down, um, and once your concerns are written down in the IEP, this, the team legally has to address those concerns with you. So it becomes something that we have to talk about at the IEP meeting. Sometimes what happens is parents' concerns will be minimized and things will get brushed under the rug. Sometimes that's okay. Maybe mom had a really big concern and the school's like, okay, well, we see your concern, but we're actually doing X, Y, Z to address it. And so they have addressed it. Um, but sometimes it's something that they keep putting off and not providing, even though you're asking for it. And if you ever have to follow your procedural safeguards and file, file due process or some other formal legal um, uh course of action, you want that documentation that you've been asking for social work services for three IEP meetings and nobody's been listening to you and your child's still struggling with social situations and still getting office referrals or still struggling with their behavior intervention plan and they're not providing the services that they need. You want that documentation. Everything you're saying, I'm like, oh, <laughs> could use this. I need to make sure we put that in their IP. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Wait, I was going to ask you something else. So yeah. wonderful. I'm sure. Oh, writing everything down. So that's super important. So that way, so even if you have a phone call with somebody, you need to go back and maybe shoot email. Email and say, Hey, this is what we talked about. Just wanted to be clear, whatever, just so you have everything in writing. Correct. Yeah, so I always tell parents that sometimes it's important to have phone calls because we want to build good rapport with our team. Um, I'm an advocate that like really firmly believes in positive relationships at the IEP table. So um, I definitely don't push parents to go in and like fight for everything because I, I don't think that that helps our children. But when it comes to changes in the IEP or disagreements in the IEP, or even just conversations on the phone about what has happened at school, we want documentation of it so that we can reference going back to it if we need to. So in the meeting, if you've agreed to something, you want to make sure that they document it. In the meeting, if you're asking for something and they disagree, we want them to document it. You could just say something like, you know, okay, I hear, I hear that you're disagreeing with XYZ. Can you please write that down in the notes? And then you're going to check the notes afterwards to make sure that it's in there because people are human and sometimes things get forgotten. When you have a phone call though, sometimes we have a conversation about something and then it becomes this he said she said situation and we never want that so after your phone call just send a quick email and say per our conversation here's what i understood that we discussed and send it off to them and they'll let you know if that's not what was agreed upon or discussed and then you still have documentation of that but you want to make sure that you have written documentation of everything and you want both parties to have that right written documentation Okay. We we're talking about this team around yeah. you, your IEP mm -hmm. team. Who all is involved in that team? 
So that just depends kind of on what your child needs. So there will always be a gen ed teacher. There will always be an admin involved. There will always be a special education teacher. From there, there might be a social worker. There might be an occupational therapist or a speech therapist or um, a feeding therapist or a BCBA or somebody like that. Um, sometimes other people join the meeting. When you get your meeting invitation, it will have listed that notification of conference. It will have listed everybody who's invited to the meeting. The only way that those people can kind of get out of the meeting is if you formally excuse them. So if you feel like there's somebody that is on that invitation that you don't want excused, you can say, and they and they ask for it. Sometimes this happens with like the gen ed teacher. Um, if your student's not in general education, if you feel like they need that to be there, you don't have to excuse them. That's totally okay. You can reschedule the meeting. If there's somebody that's not on that invitation that has input into your child's educational experience at school, ask for them to be added to the invitation. That kind of gives you a heads up on who's gonna be there. Um, maybe there's somebody on there that you've never met before that you don't know. Ask who's there and what input they have on your child at school. Um, because it's important for you to be prepared to see who you're going to see on Zoom or at the IEP table. Can I ask something else about you? Yeah. You're saying social worker, correct? Or social yeah. services? I hear that just from adopting out of foster care. And I think, why is CPS going to be there? It's what not do you mean by a that? school social worker. Yeah, so some schools will have counselors. Some schools have social workers. But you should have, if your child has some sort of social-emotional deficit and they have direct service minutes written into the IEP, they should have somebody at the meeting who is um, trained to be an expert in social-emotional support at school. So that will be somebody that is part of your school team, not necessarily somebody from your outside team. Although your outside team might take part in this meeting. Um, I've been in, I have a lot of clients who um, have adopted or are foster parents and we have, you know, outside people come in too. So those are people that you would invite or that have to come because of the, your role with the child and things like that. So, um, but the social worker can also be a counselor. Um, it just kind of depends on who the, who is that person at the school. School psychologist is another person that um, will, will probably be at your meeting that might take on that role as social emotional support. Okay. So our social, our, well, it's our caseworker with our okay. agency that we get services for our mm -hmm. kiddos um, from the state. She's offered several times to go with me to IEPs and, or to ARDS in our case. Yeah. Um, and then also our caseworker for post-adopt from our foster care agency. And I've thought, I've always thought if I didn't have such a great team at school that I really trusted, I would really want them there just to feel yeah. like I had somebody on my team. You know, I... I go back and forth on this, this sort of thing, um, because I had a really great team at my son's school for years, and I still second-guessed myself, um, and I still felt unsure when I would ask a question. I can, I specifically remember um, when my son was younger, he used to say some really dangerous things about what he wanted to do to himself when he would melt down at school. And I remember saying to the team, like, hey, we really have to like address this because we're going to get somebody new in here and they're not going to know him. They're going to hear him say that and they're going to take it really seriously. We all knew that was a coping skill for him. He was using that language, not because he was serious about those actions, but because 
he wanted us to know how awful he felt. And those were the words that he used to tell us, you know, because he was young and he didn't have another skill or another coping skill to utilize. And the team all said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't push them and we never did anything about it. And part of what happened to us in third grade was we got a new principal and a new assistant principal and they heard him say those things and they have to take them seriously because they don't know him and that's their job, right? So we weren't working on it and we should have been and I knew about it and so did my awesome team. And all of a sudden somebody else came in and the whole dynamic changed. So I always feel really not that you don't have a wonderful team and, and not that there aren't wonderful teams out there, but I always think having another person there just as a support system and a second set of ears can be really, really impactful on how the team gets things done. You're kind of frozen for a second. Just going to wait, make okay. sure. I'm here. There you go. You're back. They're now yellow bars. Um, okay. Our last question, then I'm going to ask about your all of your wonderful services. So, yes. how often can how often do we have IEP meetings? Slash, can we have IEP meetings? So you can have as many IEP meetings as you want. You can, if you have a concern, you can always call an IEP meeting. Um, by law, every year we have an annual IEP meeting, um, and that is the time that we update present levels, we update annual goals, we update service minutes if we need to. Um, we want to make sure that our kids are making progress on those annual goals, because when we write those goals, we write them to be accomplished within one year. So if we have a child that's not making progress on that those goals, we might need to adjust um, service minutes or how we're providing services or adjust the goal, maybe it's not appropriate for them, um, you know, to accomplish within a year. From there, you have a triennial review every three years. So every three years, you're going to come back through and evaluate um, in all the different areas that you feel need to be evaluated. Now, sometimes what will happen is the school will say, well, we don't have any further concerns, so we're not going to do a triennial review. Um, if you're okay with that as a parent, you can agree to that. Sometimes maybe you just need testing in certain areas. You don't need to open up all of the domain areas to be evaluated. Um, maybe we don't need further psychological testing or academic testing. We just need more speech testing or social emotional support or functional testing. Maybe you only need a few things, um, but it's a conversation you should be having with your team because you're an equal team member. So if they're coming to you and saying, we're not gonna do more testing, you need to kind of push back and say, okay, but like why? Do we have this? Do we need this? Here's what my concerns are. Are those addressed in his current IEP or do we need updated information? So we, is that, so for us, we have an FIE every three years, which is the full mm -hmm. individual evaluation. Yeah. Is that what you're saying the same as or yeah. in place of yeah. or alongside? It's the same thing. Um, ideal law calls it a triennial reevaluation. Uh, re so okay. it's, you can, you can do a full evaluation where you look at all of the areas, but you don't have to do those things. You can just decide that we're only going to look at certain areas. That's really good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't want to put our kids through more testing than they need, but we also want to make sure that we have good up-to-date information so that we can write good annual goals and they're making progress. Yes. I love that. Okay. So Nicole, 
I'm yes. going into our first IEP meeting and I'm completely overwhelmed. And this yes. was a little bit helpful, but I really could use some more help. How yeah. can we find you? What do you do like service-wise for them? Yeah. So I kind of do whatever you need me to do. I'm kind of like a jack of all trades. So if you need me to review documents, you feel confident in a meeting, but you're just not quite sure that you have what you need. Um, I review documents and make, I will give you um, exactly what you need in order to say. One of the things that I hear a lot from parents is that they know what their kids need, but they don't know the language to use to ask for it. Um, so when I do document reviews and IEP reviews, um, I give you the exact words and you can literally copy and paste and send it to the school. You can print it out and say it verbatim. I write it down so that you understand kind of what you're asking for. I attend meetings with clients. Um, I have lots and lots of meetings on my schedule already for August. Um, but I love attending meetings with, pa with uh, parents because I like building bridges between teams. A lot of the times when I get brought in, parents are frustrated or they're angry or they're really overwhelmed. And I like to make sure that everybody, I leave that team feeling like a team and not mom feeling like she's, or dad feeling like they're by themselves, you know, like, like I felt me against the rest of the school. Um, from there, I have an online course for parents that is a four-week course. It starts in September. It's called IEP Parent Academy, and this goes more into detail about what we talked about today, but I also give you all of that language that you need. We talk specifics about accommodations and modifications. Um, I give you a whole dictionary of terms that you need to know for special education. Um, we talk about strategies to use when things don't go the way that you want them to use. We talk about red flags to look for so that you know when things are kind of going away that you don't want them to go. And then parents also get four hours of group coaching with that. Um, so we go into a Facebook group every week and I do four hours of group coaching. I do a little bit of additional training and then I open it up for you to bring your IEP questions and we rewrite goals and I write parent input statements with parents. So it's a really collaborative group um, that teaches you kind of the basics about IEPs. Um, I also have an IEP binder organizer that is available up on my website. It's on sale right now, actually, but um, it kind of goes through all the different pieces of the IEP and tells you what questions to ask, how to keep it organized, um, what to keep and what to file away. Um, and then there's a special section in there for my mamas who are struggling with behavior. I'm a behavior mom too. So I added in this special section that helps you communicate with the school so that you know what questions to ask when the school gives you a call and says, hey, this happened at school. Um, there's a whole section in there for behavior communication. It's editable too. So you can add your own um, like pizzazz to it or your child's names. You can print out individual pages. You can file it um, in your computer or you can print it out into a binder. So it's kind of just, just the term and the, depends on what you need. So yeah, oh, I love that. I'm excited yeah. about doing that. Yeah. I'm, I think I emailed it to you yesterday. If you don't have it, let me know. I'll send it over. I need to go look. I didn't see it. <laughs> um, Nicole, thank you so much. I'm Absolutely. so grateful for all your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here.